0: Welcome, everybody, to the Chinchilla Picking Podcast. It is January 7th, 2024. As always, we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. My name is David Underwood, and I'm joined by the one and only, the Baron of Bonds, Brandon Beaver. Brandon, how are you?
1: Doing good. How about you?
0: I am doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm just really enjoying my day
1: today. That's good, because I cannot stand winter. I can't stand it even more when it's the way that it is right now. Uh, I don't like snow. I don't like snow at um, all. But there's no snow right now, but what's even worse is, is that it's cold mud. It's just cold mud.
0: So I I enjoy winter. I enjoy ski resorts. I enjoy getting away to uh, ski resorts, and uh, uh, I've snowboarded for over 20 years. Um, so I have plenty of experience snowboarding and enjoy it. Uh, now I think I'm older. I think I'll ski more than snowboard too many possible knee injuries with snowboarding, uh, skiing, that might be safer road road for me, but yeah, I enjoyed the winter for those aspects. I think it's beautiful right after a fresh snowfall. Um, a, a week later after the snow's all Brown on the roads, that's when it looks ugly, but, um, beautiful right from a fresh snowfall, man.
1: I went to perfect North about 10 years ago and I spent the entire two and a half hours on the beginner's hill learning the pizza thing.
0: That is, a uh, um, not a ski resort. So um, I will take you to a real ski resort, um, if you're willing.
1: I, well, I put, you know what? Uh, wait for my health insurance to kick in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably best if you've never really skied or snowboarded before. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so everybody's tuning in not to hear us talk about this, but to actually hear us talk about financial stocks, uh, investments. How do we grow incomes? What What does this mean? What does that mean? Yada yada yada. You You hear it. So let's talk about the rules, 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 rules. Brandon and I get together 5 to 10 minutes before the show and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. You hear the live back and forth the bicker and the banter right here on the show right live for you. That way uh, you know, it's more fun that way, I think. And uh it I think we they realize that it really is live when we just start like spouting off stuff against each other. I don't know. I think it, it, the the genuineness is there and people can sense it so that's why we continue to grow and thank you for listening go ahead brandon take it away as all
1: always right. all right so uh, no surprise here another problem with boeing uh the federal aviation administration has now ordered a temporary grounding and immediate inspections of the boeing 737 max 9 jets one of the planes made an emergency landing. When a section of the aircraft ripped away midair, passengers and flight attendants uh, described the incident during the Alaska Airlines flight on 737 MAX 9 jet Friday night that left a gaping hole at 16,000 feet in the sky. This is from the Wall Street Journal, by the way. Alaska and United, two of the biggest users of these jets, canceled dozens of flights on Saturday but said inspections were underway. The the FAA said its directive would affect about 171 of the MAX 9 jets. There's only just over 200 of these in circulation currently right now. Uh, This is a bigger variant of the MAX 8, actually, that was involved, of course, in the two fatal accidents just a couple of years ago. So just something else, just another problem with Boeing, uh, quality control issues constantly here. We really need a leadership change at Boeing.
0: We need either a leadership change or we need a competitor.
1: Yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, one got, of those two. Yeah, I mean, you've got the uh, um Airbus, which yeah, uh, but
0: I mean, it's either Airbus or Boeing right now, and we we need we need a third.
1: Yeah, there needs to be a third, and th- some activist investor needs to step up here quick and do something and demand to change a CEO, demand to change the board, and demand to change company culture, which is obviously in my opinion, rushing things out and having serious quality control issues here that just keep popping up year after year after year after year. And this is not, you know, this is not something to blink at. These are lives that are at stake when things like this happen.
0: Right. I mean it's that and it's the fact that, you know, I mean Bowen's like, where else are you going to go? Where are you gonna go? You know, Lockheed Martin, you know, Raytheon, they they you know, they specialize in uh fighter jets and uh you know bombers Bowen's like, where are you gonna go? No one no one else can can deliver what we can deliver besides Airbus. Yeah, but your so, your
1: share price of your stock is suffering greatly.
0: Yeah, I mean those guys have jobs, they have the, the the great uh you know they're sitting in their tight and uh I don't want to say they're all men, sorry. Those those uh people have jobs and they're sitting in their tight and they don't they're happy where they're at and you know I, I don't know that's what i think is happening i I don't, I don't think that people are really worried enough about this there's no fear of i'm going to lose my job um because if there was they would fix it
1: comfort is a thief
0: they yeah they need they need they need a higher quality inspectors that are consistently on sites all the time um, calling out things as they see it Consistent. they need to push the quality of their supply chain because it's always supply chain issues with Boeing. that's what's always bringing them down
1: yeah other airline news there was airbus that was in the news um this week as well wasn't their fault there was a plane in japan that collided with a coast guard plane five on board of the coast guard passed away unfortunately But the hundreds of passengers that were on the plane, and I don't know if you've gotten on YouTube and you've looked this up, but the the plane was in flames as it was landing. And it was on the ground in flames. They got everybody off safe. Nice. And under 18 minutes, a great crew. Incredible. Nothing could be said that's good enough about that crew to get those people off that plane. Because I don't know, if you get online and you look at this, uh, you know, that crash in Japan, that was... Pretty pretty
0: harrowing Nice Well, I mean, uh, I'm glad they got everybody off I'm glad there was nothing wrong with the Airbus plane Because if Airbus starts having issues too Then I, I don't know where we're going to go Right, right, right <laughs> um, Yeah, I think uh, Bowen is just mishandling this I, I would not buy their stock um, I, I we, You and I have both called it a dog Forever, uh, even when they had good news Of the Poland contract uh, A couple years back we still said, eh, "This is not you know." I still wouldn't buy, even after this huge contract. Yeah. So. Didn't they
1: have to recall some of those military jets? I don't know if it was to Poland, but I think there was a recall of military jets as well associated with Boeing.
0: I haven't seen that that headline yet, but it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, uh, with Poland, it was the Apache helicopter. Yeah,
0: Poland has the second largest Apache helicopter fleet in the world, second to the United States, um, because of that latest uh, Boeing contract. Gotcha.
1: So coming this week we've got earnings starting my favorite time of the quarter. Uh JP Morgan, Chase Bank of America, Delta Airlines, United Health Group, it's all all going to report this week.
0: On Friday by the way, all the same day it's all financial on- Friday, financial
1: Friday. Yeah, and you know what? I tell you what out of out of the group there, I like United Health. Delta Airlines is still pre- uh trading at a discount, I believe. Um What price is it trading at? I think it was in the mid-40s the last time I looked, but that was like sometime last week. Look, we're we're expecting now that uh, business travel is going to return to 2019 levels. And I don't think that's priced into the stock.
0: Well, they did recover from the whole um, uh, pandemic, and they moved up and they came back down. So they're right at where I would price them, which is 40 bucks a share. Um, I, I wouldn't very- buy Delta unless it dipped below 40 bucks a share. I price them, me personally, I price them around 40 bucks unless there's something that I'm missing as far as news-wise with them. That's where I would price I mean,
1: them. It seems to be kind of the support level there for the stock. But uh yeah, but it, you know what? I think if we have a surprise um jump in business travel, if, if it goes above what's expected, which I honestly think it might, because I still think that everybody's, you know, discounting business travel because of Zoom, which is what we're on right now, Teams and things like that. But I think that um, businesses have realized that there's no substitute for being there in person.
0: Yeah, there, uh, a lot of businesses have admitted that and come out. The big corporations have said, hey, we see higher productivity. We see a better response when we have someone there live on the ground in person versus a uh, a quick Zoom call or a Teams meet or or what have you or a Google meet, whatever you use. Um. yeah, so you get a better response, which is not good news for Zoom, but it is good news for the airlines, like you said. Uh, But yeah, Financial Friday, I'm looking forward to that because I want to see about um, the interest rates, how it's affected the banks, if there's going to be any of the banks are going to talk about that, any of the banks are going to talk about the interest rate cuts coming up, or if anybody mentions commercial real estate that's another one I want to listen for. Is anyone going to mention commercial real estate and the issues there, or are they saying that those issues have now passed and we're good on that? Because if people, if the big banks uh, mention commercial real estate, that's bad news for the real the regional banks because there could be a, one or two fallouts this year due to the commercial real estate market.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be. I, I I don't think you could say this is in the past. We're still maestroing interest rates now. Now that banks are starting to get used to the high interest rates again, we're going to lower them. So we'll see what kind of effect that has on it. Um, Analysts are expecting a great year this year. We'll see if they're right. They're hardly ever on target, Um, but, you know, they're expecting earnings. um, Well, profits among companies in the S&P 500, they say, will climb to about 12% this year. Um, So that's a pretty sharp growth there for an average uh, earnings increase for the S&P 500. Um, go ahead, Dave
0: I just want to point out that On the last podcast last week I mentioned that however January goes That's 90, was it 85 or 94? I can't remember It was a high number <laughs> It was yeah. at least 85% of the time That's how the year is going to go So right now in January, the markets are down yeah. um, So uh, it's not looking good They got three more weeks in the month But it's not looking good for those analysts That are saying uh, uh, we're going to have a rosy year It's not going to be uh, a dovish year
1: We'll do for a correction for sure.
0: Well, I mean, you have like usually what? One to two corrections every year. Yeah. And I I like them because they are buying opportunities for those uh, great companies that are just being brought down from the broader market. Those are the ones that are on my watch list that I'm waiting for the right opportunities. And when you get a 10% correction in the market, that's the opportunity to say, hey, back up the trucks. Let's load up the cash.
1: Buy in. Yeah. The uh, highest sector... For earnings, year-over-year earnings growth, according to analysts, will be the communications sector. Um, They're saying about 42%.
0: I was going to think semiconductors, maybe Microsoft, AI, uh, year-over-year growth. Come on now.
1: Backset says that meta platforms will likely be the biggest contributor to uh, the communications uh, sector's year-over-year earnings growth.
0: So we're putting meta in communications, okay?
1: Yeah, that's what they're saying. Um, <laughs> All right. They forecast that the energy segment will experience the biggest profit decline. I don't know if that. I don't know if they're going to be right about this. I listen. Gas prices are down, but you know that's just for the beginning of this year. Uh, they'll still probably be down year over year for summer. But I mean, a lot of these gas companies, these oil companies, have become a lot more efficient.
0: Yeah, well, I covered this. I covered this in one of our podcasts. Yeah. How uh, the the companies, because the government was refusing to give them more leases, they had to become innovative, and they found a more efficient way of, of drilling and pumping.
1: Yeah, and they're
0: able to pump out uh, faster for with the fewer drills. I mean, the yeah. fewer uh, sites.
1: The gas prices, fuel prices, everything like that. Of course, down year over year. It wouldn't surprise me if they still experienced a bit of a profit growth, though, just from being more efficient.
0: I tell you what, I will call That's that as a, a, a as a win last year. I called rig on the way up, then I called rig on the way down. Um, I was a little early on the call down. It took a couple months for that actually happen, but it did happen. Um, as far as oil, what I'm looking at right now for this year, since you brought it up, oil stocks, I don't see an up or down um, as far as the uh, as far as the year as a whole right now. I don't see any reason for the movement. Unless the Middle East uh, issues continue to grow, which I'm going to cover that here in a little bit later. But if the Middle East uh, uh, conditions geopolitics continue to get worse, then that might cause an issue.
1: Yeah, you know what? You've nailed oil the entire time we've had this podcast. I've been fairly consistently wrong about it. So, (laughs) Um, I mean, I have. In 2020, I was telling everybody to sell oil, which for 2020 was the correct.
0: um, I, I I bought options. Yeah. That was the year. That was the year that I bought like options because oil dropped down to, like zero, yeah. Uh, and I bought options on all the major oil firms that uh, uh, for that November that they would be back up near close to like three quarters where they were, and I made a ton of money. I mean, I was making ten times returns on my options on on some of them. It was that that lucrative for me.
1: Well, here's one that I won't be wrong on. <laughs> I want. I'm not saying to buy it now. When we get those corrections, I want everybody to have Costco on their watch list. Um, even better if there's a recession this year. If the if the soft landing thing turns out to not be true and we have a recession, that's when you need to be buying stocks, and Costco would be great if you could get it at a decent uh, value here. Costco in December they reported a 17 percent increase in earnings per share. Uh, and, um, that was for the quarter that ended November 26th, the result, and it was better than the estimate of $30 and 38 cents per share, uh, and better than the consensus of $3 and 41 cents. So knocked it out of the park. As far as earnings go, they announced a $15 per share special dividend, and, uh, that'll be payable in five days, January 12th. Um, I mean, that's just proof that the company's got great financial strength, that they can do stuff like that.
0: $15 a- per share dividend?
1: Yeah. yeah. And this is what the fifth, fifth special dividend in 11 years. What? That's, that's- $6.7 $6. billion total. Okay. Uh, all right. Look, all
0: right, I, 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 I like a, a decent dividend from a company, right? But uh, I'm with Warren Buffett. For the most part, I, I would lean towards what he has said in the past. I would rather the company take that six billion dollars and invest it in the company.
1: You know, yeah, I mean, maybe, but the thing is is I think that Costco is kind of in a celebratory mood and they're they're just sharing the profits because I mean they they not they knocked it out of the park, they beat their own expectations by quite a bit. And I just think that they're like, hey, we're gonna share the profit with the shareholders. And and to me, in this situation, not that bad of a deal.
0: So what's the difference between Costco doing this and Nova Nordis still in the concert for all, all the country of Denmark? <laughs> the,
1: the, what's, the the what's the difference? What's oh, the difference? There is none. We work.
0: <laughs> my, point we is, that. my point is there's no difference. If you're saying they're in a celebratory mood and they want to, you know, hey, spend some money, throw some money around. Um, yeah, there's two different ways of doing it. Uh, Nova Nordis had their way. Costco has their way, but both these companies basically are raking in the money right now, yeah, and they I mean, want to go ahead and push give something back.
1: I mean, that's true. and and I agree with that. It's just that there's been so many fraudulent companies that have done the concert thing and then, you know, tried to sell themselves to people. um, like, oh, look how great we are and how flashy we are and what we can afford. and and, you know, I just uh, the concert I didn't care for
0: i I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. but you know, my point is the f- financial stability of the company, and that's why yeah, Novo Nordis right. did it, and that's why Costco's doing this yeah uh that's I would right. rather that the companies take that money and reinvest it in the company and grow the company uh especially if you're a pharmaceutical company, you could do a lot of research and development with that kind of money um so I would you know me personally, I would rather a company do that, but you know uh for Novo Nordics, it was a drop in the bucket for Costco it sounds like they're not concerned at all
1: no no uh. CFO uh, of Costco said uh, during that earnings call, he's seeing improvement in inflation running about 0 to 1% for them on a year-over-year basis. That's not bad. Um, And you know what? You're combining that with some deflation for them on bulky items uh, such as lower freight costs. So I think um, as long as there's a soft landing, the picture for big box retail is starting to get rosier.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the picture for Costco is starting to get rosier.
1: Well, I mean, lower freight costs, lower inflation. We've already had price increases. All um, right. Because so uh, our earnings bur- burst because of the or boost because of that.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. So let me interrupt you for a moment here. Um, also, the uh, jobs numbers have come out for the year, right? Everybody's been looking over these job numbers all all week. I know I have. I've been reviewing them, seeing different things. I know the amount of available jobs we have has dipped down to 8.4 million jobs. Yeah. So not a lot of retail investors look at use uh, used to look at the total amount of available jobs. I started mentioning on the show a couple years back when it was at uh, over 11, 12 million um, jobs available. Now we're down to 8.4 million jobs available. And also one thing in the jobs report, if you dig into the details, there it also mentions that there are 8.9 million working Americans that are working two jobs currently. That we know of yeah. you know get so i mean gig workers i don't know if they fall under that because they're not quote-unquote hired um they're contractors um but you know that's that's people who are actually working two jobs so that's a big chunk of uh of americans that are working two jobs that account for that so it, it, the amount of available jobs is dropping and if it continues to drop that then that's going to be that's going to be a problem uh because what usually happens in that type of environment, which You and I have both worked in this environment. Uh, We've been employed uh, 2008 when uh, the employers held a strong position over the employees because you couldn't find a job. They were like, you should be lucky you have a job. I was told that at one job I was at, you know, we're not firing anybody. Be happy. Um, That's literally what management said uh, at that time. Uh, So, I mean, I've been in those environments and, you know, I've been in environments when employees hold all the all the power to where there's not enough people for the job openings. Yeah. Um, So I see a possibility now it's getting slimmer, but there's still that possibility of that downturn.
1: Yeah. I, I don't want anybody to get into, you know, the mindset of this time that's different because we don't know yet.
0: We, we don't know yet. And we're still seeing uh, things happen and, and moments happen such as student loans. Uh, like I mentioned before, they they uh, they they started up the payments. You're required to make the payments, but they haven't started collecting on them yet. So they haven't started, you know, garnishing, defaulting, uh, doing all those kind of things yet. And some people have already almost three months late on their payments coming up um, already because they're not making the payments. And so that's that's a concern. That's an issue. Like, you know, why are we already not making the payments? That means you don't have the money. That means once they start def- uh, garnishing wages or going to collections, it's going to be an issue and a problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so you might see collection agencies hiring here soon. Um cool. and there you go. But uh yeah, I mean there, there's a lot that that you could go into like uh, you know, why why is Costco doing well? I think Costco is doing well because they're a low-cost buy in bulk uh company. And we saw the shift from a lot of Americans making one hundred thousand dollars or more shopping at Walmart. I believe Costco is also a winner in that regard. Right. Uh, people want to save money for their families. They want to go to Costco, try to save a few bucks, and buy it in bulk. You know,
1: yeah. And Costco did say that they've seen a relative improvement in discretionary sales, although they didn't give a percentage to that. Hmm. They just said those words. That there was no real numbers tied to you know that. But
0: I would love to do. see their next earnings report and actually get a breakdown of the numbers for uh twenty twenty three and see how everything happened. They had a great year, yes. They every earnings report they reported last year was was great. So I would like to see though the breakdown of the yearly numbers uh for Costco. Yeah. That is what we do. If you if you're listening right now, that's what Brandon and I do in our free time. We uh read earnings reports for fun. Right. We yeah. are fun individuals, I'm telling you. <laughs>
1: So exciting.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) All right, Brandon, uh, what you got next, man? That's what I got. All right, cool. Thank you. I love it when it's my turn to take over here because that's my favorite part of the show here. (laughs) 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Let's go in here. Let's start with the headlines because I got them lined up ready to rock and roll here. Um, Let's start with uh, this one is on Reuters came out this morning at 6:27 a.m. on January 7th the headline reads Honda considers building a 14 billion uh EV production site in Canada. So the project could be one of Honda's largest investments. Uh moving it into Canada is significant because now it goes it builds right here in North America for an EV uh, company uh, trying to compete with the Tesla and other companies, that's already starting to get uh, very uh, saturated. The market's starting to get full yeah. here. Um, they're also looking at multiple potential sites for the plant, uh, including next to an existing automobile plant in Ontario. Um, they want to make it a place where they can do in-house production of batteries. So that's also something that's going on. Uh, they have plans to begin the production and sales uh, of these cars starting in 2026. Um, the automaker is partnering with LG Energy Solutions. So LG, they used to make phones. Now, apparently, they're doing uh, partnering with them on batteries and stuff. Uh, in 2022, they announced the Ohio as the site of a planned $4.4 joint venture battery plant in Ohio to make batteries. Uh, but in 2023, Honda General Motors said they were scrapping a plant to jointly develop affordable electric vehicles. One year after they agreed to work together in a $5 billion effort to try to beat Tesla and sales. Um, so, you know, they're trying to compete with Tesla. They tried to team up with GM. Didn't work out. They scrapped that. Now they're going at it alone and they're moving into Canada. Your thoughts, Brandon.
1: Uh, you know what? This is, yeah, it's saturated. It's a market where maybe Tesla investors may not be too happy about that, but just as somebody who sits on the sideline and watches these business wars, this is where it gets exciting. This is where the innovation comes from because of competition. And Honda has been trailing in vehicle sales and all that stuff behind Toyota, behind some of the other big guys over the past couple of years. Toyota has taken a different approach to, um, to you know, to uh, green vehicles with more of a hybrid approach than EVs. Um, but Ford's jumped into, you know, the EV cycle um Chevy's jumped into it. Now let's see who comes out ahead. That's what's right. exciting. What who's going to have the innovations that are going to be better than the others? Go ahead. All Mark. right, so so I like
0: where you're going with this, right? Because this 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 whole sector is really starting to get saturated. I mean, you have a lot of companies jumping in, moving forward, building, putting in billions of dollars to build these plants and everything. And who could be the most innovative? And, and really take a, uh, help the customer the best, right? Because the more innovation they help actually helps the customer. When there's more competition like this, it actually helps the customer get a better product. And the one who's being the most innovative is Tesla. This is why Tesla. I own the stock. This is why I own the stock. They're able, because they've been at it for so long, they're able to build these electron, uh, EV cars. Yeah. I, I can't even say it right. Uh, these EV cars cheaper than anyone else. Um, and thus, because of that, they're able to price it lower than anyone else. So, if people want to be competitive with Tesla on pricing, they actually have to lose money in order to do it. But yeah. Tesla doesn't. Tesla can remain profitable and still beat everybody else on price. And on top of it, I talked about the AV aspect, the autonomous vehicle aspect. With Tesla's a new um, AI being built into the AV aspect, they're able to cut the costs of, of ha- autonomous vehicles. Um, by over $10,000 per vehicle, hopefully in the next two years to have that up and running. And this is what's really going to continue to drive the costs of producing a Tesla car down versus other cars. So Tesla's going to continue to be um, leading the way in, in costs. And this is why I'm invested in the company.
1: Now, Volkswagen's jumped into EVs too, and they're taking an interesting approach. I'm not sure if it'll work. But their whole approach to this is like, hey, the Teslas, even those new Fords, they're all space agey. There's some people that might look at those EVs and get intimidated, not know how to work the technology, might be a little afraid of it. So now they've got these Volkswagen EVs that are coming kind of coming out on the line a little bit low on the technology side. But the Volkswagen EVs, like it's hard to tell a difference between them and the actual, like, you know, gas run vehicles. So their their approach is kind of like, hey, you know, we know you're comfortable with the old style cars. We can do that electric as well. And if you're kind of a little bit more intimidated by the Teslas, maybe come to us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Uh,
1: I, it I, could I, be I, it could be just a spin on it, like, hey, we don't have the kind who, of investment. Who who,
0: who you you're selling. trying to get? You're trying to get buyers that are you know in in the older age groups. Yeah. That's um great. but then they're going to they're going to age out so then you know you, you eventually got to do the space agey tech like uh tesla and ford yeah and it um, could, and rivian
1: you know, it could be just an interesting spin on that hey we don't have that amount of money to invest in these evs so we can't really do the kind of technology that tesla and ford um and maybe even honda does so let's fi- find a way to spin this that makes it sound better for the consumer you know, hey, we don't have the technology, but it won't intimidate you.
0: Right. And, and, all right. So, yeah. And, and I agree, but like, I wouldn't buy Volkswagen based off that news. And I wouldn't buy Honda based off this news just because um, I believe that GM has a better foothold than Honda yeah, in too. the EV markets. I believe Rivian is, is getting a foothold in the US markets. Uh, the Chinese company, and it's failing off top of my head. The big one in in China right now, which is competing with Tesla, and it's beating Tesla currently, has a a big hold in the Asia markets. Um, I, and this is where I think Honda's so far behind that they're they're seeing themselves lose on on all these fronts here. I don't think this is going to help them. I think it, I mean it helps them somewhat, but not enough to make me want to buy the stock.
1: Well, look how much of a lag Toyota had on Ford and GM in the early twentieth century. In the mid twentieth century, even yeah, and, and the Toyota
0: century. surpassed them. Toyota's the number one, aren't they? Still the number one car company.
1: Yeah, and in the fifties and sixties, they made cars that couldn't even go up hills. So, I mean, you're still not they... going up a hill in a Toyota in a fifty. Well, I mean, century.
0: if you got a fifty year timeline, sure, go ahead.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. All right. Uh, so here we go. Next headline. This one uh, came out yesterday morning. At, uh, so it came out January 6th at 1.25 a.m. Um, it was on Reuters by Lisa Bertolin. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, the headline reads, war, weather. Put ocean shippers on notice for rough seas in 2024. So recent hostilities in the Red Sea have thrown global shippers of vital goods for a loop. But it's hardly only the issue the big carriers are facing as 2024 kicks off. Giants like Maersk, if you don't know Maersk, it's spelled M-A-E-R-S-K. That's Maersk, says the industry, which handles 90% of the global trade, Faces the possibility of significant disruptions from ongoing wars to droughts affecting key routes like the Panama Canal. Complex vessel schedules are likely to be knocked out of sync for the giant container ships, fuel tankers, and other commodity haulers throughout the year. This is so here's funny. This this this, this article, Brandon, goes into name actual companies here. It says that it's going to increase delays and raise costs for retailers like Walmart, IKEA, and Amazon as well as food makers such as Nestle and grocers, including Lido. Um, so basically, it goes on, and says this is the new normal, the waves of chaos seem to rise and fall before you get back to that some level of normalcy. What is this actually going to cost? So right, Maersk on Friday joined other major ocean carriers in rerouting ships away from the Red Sea to avoid missile and drone attacks in that area that lead to vital Asia-Europe-Suez Canal shortcut. That route route or route handles more than 10 percent of total ocean shipments and nearly one third of the world's container trade um so tankers carrying oil and fuel supplies for europe continue to pass through the canal apparently they don't want to disrupt the oil um so that's still going but ship owners fuel costs are up as much as two million dollars per round trip for the suez canal diversions as the Asia-Europe spot rate has more than doubled from 2023's average to 3500 per 40-foot container. The increased cost could translate into higher prices for consumers, though Goldman Sachs on Friday said that the inflation shock should not be as bad as the 2022 uh, pandemic chaos. I got more on this, but Brandon, your first initial thoughts. You
1: know Here's the thing. There's, if anything, being in logistics having a lot to do with logistics from the retail industry to where I'm at right now, if if I've learned anything, there is no such thing in as far as normal goes. There's no such thing as normal in ocean <laughs> shipping. I mean, I remember being at Ikea and watching and thinking, like, where are my products? And, oh, yeah, there's a ship that's turned sideways in the Suez Canal that's blocking all of the ships, and we're i got my sofa sitting in the Suez Canal somewhere with absolutely no idea when they're going to show up. So, there's no such thing as normal. Of course, the COVID situation made it worse for a while. There's always geopolitical issues that affect it. I There's got to be a better way of doing logistics. For the United <laughs> States, at least. There's got to be a better way of doing it. I I haven't figured it out. Maybe we figure out a way to make air travel uh more affordable uh, and air shipping more affordable somehow.
0: You 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 know know. what I yeah. You know what I find very interesting about this article, Brandon, um, was the fact that the oil tankers are having no trouble getting through there that I'm aware of. They're just attacking the other container ships.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) find that very interesting. That uh, the 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 I, I don't want to get in politics, but the 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 countries that are or where a lot of these people are coming from that uh, are attacking these ships and causing the issues, you know, they're also uh, oil rich countries, and so it's they're allowing the oil to go through, but nothing else. Yeah, um, yeah, very, very, very interesting. Uh, it makes me wonder, um, you know, because I mean, there's companies that don't even travel that route that that just travel the North Atlantic. You know, such as North Atlantic Tankers, a company I've mentioned here before on the show. Um, you know, that 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 continue to that continue to do well, man. Um, so NATs it's another option. They continue to grow. They're do they're doing fantastic uh job there, but uh they had a miss on their last quarterly earnings. Uh, but they have a lot of insider buying right now. So everybody inside the company really believes in them. Um, A little bit more on this, though, Uh, that that was all about the Suez Canal, the Panama Canal. The issue with that is the water levels. So the Panama Canal are down to 33 percent due to lower water levels, according to supply chain software provider, Project 44. Such restrictions help send dry bulk shipping costs for commodities like wheat, soybeans, iron ore, coal, fertilizer sharply higher in the last part of last year. Um, so this uh, gentleman here, uh, John Carson's managing partner at BreakWave uh, Break Advisors, a commodity trading, uh, trading advisor. Um, he, his quote is, you can always say it's a one-off event, but if the one-off events happen every other month, then they're not any more one-off events. Exactly. <laughs> so he, he agrees with you, Brandon, that uh, in uh, shipping and logistics right now, this seems to be uh, not just one-off events, but the everyday uh, survival here. Yeah. So I'm not buying any of the shippers. Uh, There's a lot of them out there. Um, I wouldn't buy them. Uh, I would even look for them to continue to uh, uh, get some more downturn in their stocks because of this, uh, the share price. Uh, The costs are going higher and then they have to start raising uh, costs for everybody else, but they can't. they, they, They sign contracts, right? So the costs are higher right now, but if the ship's already in the water, the contract's already signed. So these carriers are going to be losing money on some of these possibly, and that's not good for the carriers, the shipping carriers.
1: Not at all. Not at all. All
0: right, moving into the next one, Uh, I want to talk real quick about KB Home.
1: You know what? You might want to buy some air freight,
0: maybe an air freight. (laughs) Too expensive, man. KB Home. Moving on. (laughs) So uh, this is more of a uh, commentary, I believe, for, for me about the broader home market, home sales market. Uh, but specifically, we're going to look at KB Home's numbers. KB Home quarter Q4 earnings are likely to decline, while orders are expected to rebound. Um, this is uh, from uh, Um Yeah, Webush also expects uh, KB Homes to rebound by 250% in Q4 this year. So we saw a drastic decline. Uh, they uh, reported earnings to be. Uh, they expect earnings sorry to be one dollar sixty nine cents per sh- per share compared with 247 per share the year prior we knew home sales were taking a hit we knew uh the real estate market was and it was because of the higher interest rates a lot it took it cut out a lot of buyers unless you were a cash buyer really cut you out or you had to go to those 228 uh you know with the uh, uh apr fluctuating, and hope that the uh, rates come down by the time you refinance um so the They're looking at this, but they're looking for everything to rebound later on this year. First initial thoughts on the home market, Brandon.
1: Uh, Something's going on because prices should have come down quite a bit by now. I mean, interest rates have more than doubled. Um, But home prices didn't come down. Somebody mentioned to me a few weeks ago that hedge fund zone – almost a fifth of the homes on the market. And I'm not sure if that's true or not because I haven't actually looked it up, but if that's true and and if that's the reason why, you know, home prices are higher because they're, you know, inflating the home prices by holding a large percentage of the, of the homes that are on the market and keeping the sales price where they're at, that could be a reason, but it really like this, this needs more research. This is something that I'm going to make myself do over the next couple of weeks and look into see why Home prices have not come down yet because they should have, and that's another right? reason why buyers are sitting it out. Because now you've got the high interest rates that have doubled, but home prices haven't come down to make up for that.
0: Yeah, so the the house that you could have afford now you can't afford, um, yeah. just due to interest rates. Uh, yeah, so it's pricing yeah. out a lot of people. But companies, like I said, companies who are all cash or you know can finance themselves, uh, they have a much better. Uh, opportunity to go in and purchase uh, properties at this time. I, I just wondered what these because I've heard the same thing, in, 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 and I, I know a couple of realtors. I need to ask them. You know, what are these companies doing um, with these? Are they just renting them out? Are they doing a rental game or are they flipping or What's going on with these homes that they're buying? That's what I would want to know.
1: I don't know. I but there there is something askew in the home market for sure. There almost always is because the Federal Reserve has a um, direct effect on the home market. And then there's politicians that always want to keep home prices high because it makes their electric ha- happier, you know, their electoral, uh, the, you know, you know, the constituents, their constituents are happier when their home values are higher. And so there's always a political reason to affect the home market. I just don't know what it is right now.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Last one is not a headline, but something I want to talk about. And it's some news I'm going to uh, give to everybody here. So as uh, the Brandon and David team here at Chinchilla Picken, I, of course, have been designated with the cryptocurrency uh, updates and aspects uh, along with the, the oil. So cryptocurrency, some big news this week in the cryptocurrency uh, world. Um, I, I did tell you, Brandon, before the show that I'll be talking about this and the, the news coming out and uh, there's major companies involved. So what's what's going to happen this week is the SEC is going to rule on some spot Bitcoin etfs and they could win approval this month uh this week after uh, they fixed their applications that they the SEC has asked them to fix let me read some uh, uh, about this Reuters article that I have pulled up right now because it's a really informative article it came out January 5th uh written by Susan uh, Suzanne McGee and Hannah Lang I like this article it gives the best information possible I think uh given this so Issuers held discussions with the SEC officials officials about the S-1 prospectus documents that every exchange traded fund or ETF must submit approval. According to executives and representatives of five firms who declined to be identified due to confidentiality of the ongoing talks. Now, uh, multiple issuers said Friday, they expect to receive final approval of the S-1 filings by late Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, The SEC asked them to go ahead and fix some minor changes um, asset managers are expecting to amend their filings, disclose their fees, ad- identities of the of the market makers for the ETFs. Those updates are due by 8 a.m. on Monday, so everything could become public that day. Um, this is what we're looking at. It's, uh, separately, regulars have been working with exchanges to finalize the 19B-4 filings, which spell out the rule changes to the SEC. The SEC must approve for spot Bitcoin ETFs to launch. Um People familiar with the filing process have said that issuers that met at the end-of-year filing revision deadlines may be approved to launch on January 10th. Uh, the date when the SEC must either approve or reject the ARC 21 Shares ETF, the fund that is first in line. The number one first in line, of course, is uh, from ARC. Why else would it be? Kathy Wood hey. has always been ahead of the game there. Um, but she's the first one uh, to have filed and will be first one to be approved. Um, but lots of, of companies have applied uh, for permission to launch spot Bitcoin ETFs. Um, the SEC has consistently rejected them since 2013, but now we're, we're going moving forward. 14 firms, including BlackRock, Fidelity, WisdomTree, have submitted applications for spot Bitcoin ETFs last year and are awaiting a decision. What does this all mean you might say? You're like, "Okay Dave, okay, these these companies are all coming out of ETFs." Well, if all these companies come out with ETFs at the same time that Bitcoin is having its a big turn uh, event where they start having their having an event which I've already talked about on the show, that could send the price of Bitcoin sky high oh. very fast. Um, but if the SEC denies all these, it could cause a, a 10% drop in Bitcoin. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't see them denying, everybody's hyped up about this. And with this in Dublin, with the haven event, um, if you owned a strong Bitcoin company before, now would be a good time to hold, um, maybe even add to your position. Again, I want to specify be very selective about which one of these cryptocurrency companies. You you invest with a lot of them aren't backed uh, correctly. Uh, They are underwater. Uh, They are not run correctly. There's a million of them out there. You have to do your research. Be very selective of these because there are some good ones out there, and those would be buys right now because of this. Or you could just invest in Bitcoin itself and hope for a nice return return on your money. Which I think I was going to say. Yeah, which is probably the safer play, and you will make money this year. Mark my words, January seventh, twenty twenty-four. You will make money this year if you just invested in Bitcoin right now.
1: The options on Coinbase are going to be insane.
0: (laughs) It's it's it's. I mean, it may not move right away the way we're. I'm thinking it will. Um, but you know, it's going to move. It. I mean, you have to have an event this year that happens only once every four years. And, and now you have all these ETS that are going to be invested in in cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoins. So you're going to see a huge jump in Bitcoin this year. I see why everybody was been calling for it. I didn't really see why uh, until now. And, and it all comes together, right? Right. So everybody's calling for Bitcoin. to Have a great year. I think it will have a good year. I don't know if it'll be a great year. We'll have a good year, though. I am invested personally in Bitcoin, just for full disclosure, uh, but straight Bitcoin. Um mm-hmm. No uh, uh companies per se. I have I have traded Coinbase in the past, I've traded Riot in the past, I've traded all these other companies in the past. Um, but currently I don't own them. I just own Bitcoin. Thoughts? Anything?
1: I I'm just kind of wrapping my brain around everything you just said. I I think the <laughs> options market for Riot and Coinbase are gonna be wild. I think people need to be careful. If you want to speculate, you want to take some money and, and go to the casino, then fine. If you're
0: gonna to go to casino, you might as well play the binary options on crypto.com.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you have just as much luck of getting that right as you do anything else. <laughs> uh seriously, uh, yeah, I still go back to that thing. You, you have a better chance of just gambling at a casino than you do of day trading correctly uh as a new beginner. Um yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's incredibly hard to do that. All right, Brandon, final thoughts, take it away.
1: Uh, you know what? I don't uh if you can if you could put together some sort of options combination to make it work as far as the um the crypto thing goes you know to where you get paid whether it goes down or whether it goes up you know you'd lose money if it stayed the same way if it stayed the same price then maybe maybe work that out a little bit but um, you know I'm not doing it it's not my thing anymore I've uh, I've stepped away from that I'm an investor I buy and hold so, um, it is what it is, but I think this year is gonna be a very interesting year, just to see whether or not this is really a soft landing or if we do have a recession. um I don't want to be in the camp that I'm saying you know, um, uh, this time it's different because that camp has always always been wrong, but right now, the news seems okay, so we'll see where we go from here i I think regardless, no matter what you think is gonna happen, if you see a stock that's a good value, you buy it. And then you know it becomes a better value during a recession or during a correction and you buy more. That's that's my thought.
0: Right. All right, my final thoughts it, is is it's this. always it's
1: literally almost <laughs> always my final thought. I feel like I need to come up with something a little bit more, <laughs> but it's true.
0: Yeah. My my final thought is this, you know, 2024 is a great year to look at your investments and see how you're invested. Right. There's a lot of opportunities out there. A lot of good companies to invest in. If you're looking to trade, that's very hard to do. I'll be willing to work with you and meet with you one-on-one just uh, DM us, let us know. Um, I'll look that up. Um, Don't go on the site and do that. Send that email that goes to Brandon's email and he never checks it. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) don't do that. Um, But um, go ahead and uh, uh, DM us on Instagram or StockTwits, and uh, that would be the best way to get a hold of us. I'm going to fix the email issue. I just found that out this weekend, Brandon, by the way. Um, we, I'm, any, I'm not, I'm not IT, any, okay? I'm our IT department, and I'm horrible at it.
1: <laughs> so if there's any hackers that can send me a message and let me know what my password is, that would be great.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'll get it fixed. I, I, I'm going to work on it. I'm not the smartest guy when it comes to IT, but I'll, I'll get it fixed somehow, some way, um, hopefully by next week's podcast. But reach out to us. We'll be happy to work with you and uh, walk you through some investment ideas. We know lots of different ways. There's a million ways to make a buck. Um, I could tell you all about land forfeit sales, foreclosure sales, real estate, all these you know, title contracts, yada, yada, yada. I have all that information in my head. I've gone to all those meetings. I've spent the money to get all those books. I know all the information. I could give it to you for free. Um, I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm not in the business of trying to sell you all this stuff. I'm trying to help people. That's that's what I'm in the business of doing. Um, so reach out. Let us know. If you want us to come talk, uh, we can make the show a little bit more entertaining live. If you want us to come to your college or your uh, company and put on a show, we'll be happy to do that as well. So, But reach out. I'm looking at Bitcoin. Have a great year. This week, Financials Fridays is going to be a big one. There's a lot of financials report earnings on Friday. Uh, KB Holmes reports earnings on Wednesday. That's one to look at to get a, a good aspect of how the other home builders are going to report later on. So that's definitely one to watch there as well. Uh, the Bitcoin SEC rulings coming out either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll be watching that. And uh, definitely when. Uh, all the other processing and filings go public on Monday morning and to see what companies have uh, filed, what would be very interesting as well. So that's what I'm looking at. That's what's going on. Uh, keep your eye out there. I got, um, I got
1: one more thing for you. Go quick. ahead. I just kind of want to bring home what I was saying earlier. I, ha- I wound up having an incredible year in the market last year. If I would have sat there and said to myself, I think there's going to be a recession so I'm going to sit out on stocks. I would have missed out on a lot. And I thought there was going to be a recession, but I didn't sit it out. So I was happily wrong.
0: Right. You're invested. One of the big winners of last year was meta for you. Um, So you, you made some good moves there. I'm glad you held on. Yeah. All right. As always, we hope we have been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night.
1: Have a good night.